We are now halfway through Secret to Invasion from Disney Plus, a limited series from Marvel featuring Nick Fury. How was it? Let's talk about it, but first. Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host, Brandon, and for this episode of Bruce Stilled, I'll be recapping episode 3 of Secret Invasion from Disney+. Plus. We are now halfway through Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus in the six-episode limited series, featuring the adventures of Nick Fury as he tries to stop a Skrull invasion of planet Earth. Episode 3 of Secret Invasion had a shocking ending and also great action, drama, and emotion, which is fitting for a Marvel series and for the personality of Nick Fury. So I'll be recapping the third episode here in Bruce Stilled, of Secret Invasion. But first though, let's go to the beer pairing for this episode of Brazilled and for episode 3 is Secret Invasion. That beer is called Hayes World Order from Monogamous Brewing in Tampa, Florida. Hayes World Order is a double dry hopped hazy IPA with mosaic, cashmere, and Pacific Sunrise hops. Hayes World Order has a more intense flavor than noticed from other hazy IPAs, making it very unique. There is a citrus and melon aroma with an underlying hint of tropical fruit. For the flavors, I detected melon and citrus. It's brewed by Monogamous Brewing in Tampa Bay, Florida. It has a nice head upon pouring, and its haziness is a very bright orange. Haze World Order comes with an ABV 8.5%, making for a very nice hoppy beer that's also double dry hopped. And also, it definitely fits the personality of Secret Invasion because when you think about it, the world in Secret Invasion is very new and also very different from the rest of the MCU in the post-blip world as Nick Fury navigates a new world order while trying to stop a hostile Secret invasion from a breakaway group of scrolls. So Hayes World Order, this excellent double-dropped hazy IPA, definitely fits a personality and a world for Secret Invasion. It's also perfect summer beer as well, so definitely you find Hayes World Order from Monogamous Brewing, definitely do check it out. So here I go with my recap of Secret Invasion Episode 3 from Disney+. Plus. If you have not seen Secret Invasion and you want to watch the show, do not proceed forward because there will be spoilers. Ready? Well here we go. Let's recap Episode 3 Secret Invasion from Disney+. Plus. As you're now halfway through this limited series, I really like this episode. It was really good. It showed a lot about the storyline and also continued to progress the story of Secret Invasion by showing more character development, more plot development, and also another surprise twist ending just like what we saw in episode 1, which I'll get to later. In this episode, you learn more about the Skrull plot led by Gravik, as Gravik does indeed have a plan to infiltrate the Earth to achieve its master plan for his Secret Invasion, which will be done through mass destruction as part of the next phase. In a meeting with the Skrull Council, Gravik talks about a secret plan in order to create super scrolls by using the DNA we saw in the past episode in order to make the scrolls more powerful than they already are. This came from the Easter egg in the past episode from episode 2 in which we saw the DNA samples from Extremis, Groot, and the other Marvel characters that Gravik wants to use in order to make the scrolls more powerful by creating super scrolls which make the scrolls more formidable than they are now, which is part of his plan to take over the Earth. Gravik explains this to the scroll council, but I can't help but think that the scroll council is now starting to appear skeptical of Gravik and his plan. I definitely saw this in their facial expressions when Gravik was talking to them about a secret plan to take over the Earth by creating an army of super scrolls. I just can't help but think that despite Gravik's passionate nature about his plan, that the Skrull Council does seem skeptical about this, and I do wonder, will the Council turn against Gravik, and will Gravik have to take out the Skrull Council in order to achieve his plan, as right now he does seem more into his mission and how he's going to do it instead of the Skrull Council, which in my view right now is very much skeptical of a secret plan. Because Gravik right now, he's making all these actions happen, he's the mastermind, he 
he's pretty much right now one-man operation who was appointed by a school council which in my view was done through intimidation by Gravik. So I definitely do believe that eventually later in the series, probably towards the end, the council will turn against Gravik or maybe Gravik will turn against him first. Whichever comes first remains to be seen. For the Fury story arc, we go back to 1998, about three years after the events of Captain Marvel, Fury walks into a diner late at night to get a cup of coffee but he's also there for a clandestine meeting and in this meeting he meets with Vara who was a scroll we saw in the past episode who's also now Fury's wife. Fury is surprised to see Varro there as his main contact, who is also a Skrull working undercover for Fury, as we do learn that in 1998, not long after the events of Captain Marvel, Fury has established a secret network of Skrulls who now infiltrate governments around the world to help give Nick Fury secret intelligence by Skrulls going undercover. It's a genius idea by Nick Fury, which also does show how Nick Fury became the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. by having a secret network of Skrulls who do his secret network bidding. Vera, at the same time, does make a pass at Nick Fury. Fury, and Fury tells Vara that there are rules at S.H.I.E.L.D. that forbid romantic relationships among secret operatives. Despite this though, Vera does assure Fury she is not working for S.H.I.E.L.D. at all, that she's on her own, and also there is no rule forbidding her and Fury getting together romantically, and it definitely does show the beginning of their marriage and their relationship and where it's at now. But also, I do wonder, is Vara working against Nick Fury, and was this all planned for a long-term goal by Gravik? More on that later. So we definitely do know that Fury does know that Vara is indeed a scroll and is married to a scroll, and Fury also does know about Vara's identity. But also, we go back to the present day when Fury goes home to Vara at their home, and where Vara is also very skeptical about Nick Fury, in the same way Maria Hill was when Fury came back to planet Earth after being gone for so many years. Vera is angry at Nick Fury for coming back after being gone for so many years, wondering why Fury was gone, because we really just don't know why Fury has gone in outer space for so many years. That has yet to be explained. It was to build a space station, but but also, what is the purpose of the space station? And also, what was Fury's mission in outer space? And just what drove him to come back to planet Earth? I definitely do know it's part of the secret invasion, but also, there's a lot of mystery going on right now about Fury's mission in outer space and why he came back to planet Earth. And Vera, in this scene, is calling out Nick Fury about his return to planet Earth and what she had to go through in his absence. This definitely makes me wonder, is Vera working for Nick Fury or against Nick Fury? There is a moment where she takes a phone call on a pink phone. She gives a very cryptic answer answer saying she can't take the call at this moment and tells Fury something mysterious about the call. She places the pink phone on the kitchen counter and Fury looks at it making me wonder did Fury take the phone or did he leave it there? And also what is going on between Nick Fury and Vara? Because I definitely saw some hostility between the two of them making me wonder is Vara an enemy Nick Fury that he just doesn't know about yet. Because this show is about trust, and who you can trust and not trust. And right now, Fury has only one person he can trust, and that is Talos. For Gaia and Gravik, there is a moment in this episode where Gaia and Gravik are in a car, going to a location in London. Gravik has a secret plan to attack a United Nations plane by using a British submarine, as he takes three scrolls he can trust to infiltrate a British Navy submarine in order to launch a missile to attack a United Nations plane. But, there is more to this plan that meets the eye. Gravik tells Gaia about this plan, and in return, when Gravik is not around, Gaia informs Talos about Gravik's secret plan, who then informs Nick Fury later in the episode. But also, Gravik has a secret plan in store, because his mission about the submarine definitely isn't what it seems. 
Talos gets to meet with Gravik at an art museum, they have a very passionate talk about world affairs and also world history, and Gravik does display his fanaticism to Talos about a secret plan, and we definitely do see more about the nature of Gravik in this episode, that Gravik definitely is no diplomat. He makes it known to Talos in this scene that he is a warmonger, he's obsessed with mass destruction of the human race, and in order for the scrolls to take over the planet Earth. Talos tries to reason with him, but it fails. They then go to a coffee shop, and Talos tries to attack Gravik, only to see that everyone in that room isn't human, because they're all indeed scrolls there to protect Gravik. The entire scene is very surreal because we see multiple Graviks in this scene, all those scrolls in that room in the coffee shop all make themselves look like Gravik, just to show the power of Gravik and his influence, as they stand in defiance against Talos in defense of Gravik. I mean, this whole scene is by far very much amazing, very nice effects, but also very intimidating and very surreal at the same time, adding the very nice effect for the series of Secret Invasion, but also showing the power of the villain of Gravik. There's also a part where Talos tells Gravik that humans are good people, that Talos knows humans better than Gravik does, but despite this though, Gravik doesn't listen to Talos at all. Talos leaves the museum, bumps into a random person, and we hear a phone drop. The random stranger tells Talos that the phone belongs to Talos. Making me wonder, was this part of a secret plan? Because it definitely had to be Gaia in disguise giving Talos his phone to give Talos very secret information about Gravik's plan regarding the submarine and the United Nations plane. Later in the episode, Fury and Talos do reconcile when Fury tracks down Talos at a diner in England. At first, Talos isn't happy to see Fury, but also Fury does acknowledge to Talos that Fury is useless without Talos. Talos also does remind Fury that if it wasn't for Talos and the scrolls network that Fury had, Fury would not have become the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which led to the formation of the Avengers. They go back to fixing the relationship, teaming up again to stop the scroll invasion as they both know that they need each other to save the world from Gravik's plan and the scroll secret invasion. They do learn about a submarine plot, which Gaia gave Talos the information they needs, and Talos does give Fury Gaia's information about a submarine plot. They go to a mansion outside of London to find the guy who's a perpetrator of the plot. They infiltrate a mansion which is guarded by scrolls in human form. Through some covert infiltration of the mansion and a very brief hostage situation, they stop the plane from being attacked by the submarine with information given to Talos by Gaia. So Talos and Fury save the plane. They save the day for now. But it turns out this was not Gravik's plan. Gaia escapes, only to be confronted by Gravik on her lonely road. It is then that Gravik reveals a mission and also what he's trying to do all along to Gaia. He did this in order to see if Gaia was indeed a traitor, and Gravik does now learn that Gaia definitely did betray Gravik by sharing information about the plot of the submarine and the plane back to Talos and the Fury. Because of this, in a very shocking ending, which was also very tragic, just as tragic as the death of Maria Hill, this ending occurs when Gaia escapes, only to be confronted by Gravik on a lonely back road, in where Gravik confronts Gaia about what happened and tells her it was all part of a plan for him to see if Gaia was indeed loyal to Gravik and to his cause. When Gravik finds out that Gaia betrayed him, he shoots and kills Gaia on that lonely back road and leaves her there, showing just how evil Gravik really is as main villain for this series. Yet, the shocking nature of this episode isn't over yet. It's after that moment in where Gravik killed Gaia and where Vara takes a phone call at her home. She then gets a key, goes to a bank to retrieve a lockbox and a safe. Inside that box is a pistol of mysterious purposes. She then gets a phone call. She tells the caller on the phone that she needs to speak to Gravik. The guy in the 
phone tells her that she's speaking to him, tells her to go to a church in an hour, and the caller then hangs up. And that is how the episode ends. So overall, I really liked this episode. It had drama, action, and emotion, which is very fitting for MCU series, and for Fury, along with tradecraft, surprises, and the twist ending involving Gaia and Vara as well. And I do wonder, who was Vara talking to on the phone at the end of the episode? It wasn't Gravik, obviously, instead of someone else who might have more power than Gravik, or who's also working with Gravik while also plotting against Gravik. So I watched that scene over and over again because I recognize that voice, and I have a theory here on that voice in terms of who Vara was talking to, and I do wonder was it Rhodes? That voice at the end of the episode definitely sounds like Rhodes. And I do wonder, could Rhodes be working with Gravik? And if so, is Rhodes a Skrull? I definitely don't think Rhodes is a Skrull, but if that voice in the episode was indeed Rhodes, then unfortunately Rhodes is probably a Skrull. But if Rhodes is a Skrull, where is real Colonel Rhodes? I definitely don't think Rhodes was a Skrull for the whole time in the MCU. I definitely don't see it as a possibility. But also, this is a show full of surprises, so definitely do expect the unexpected. But I still don't believe Rhodes is a Skrull, but that voice, I can't get over that voice at the end of the episode and that phone call with Vara. It sounds like Rhodes. And maybe it could be. We'll find out next week. For my next observation, that is, will Gravik be his own downfall? I definitely do see this as a possibility because in this episode, it just seemed the Skrull Council was skeptical of Gravik and his plan. And I do wonder, will the Skrull Council turn against Gravik and also go against him later in the series? That could be a possibility because Gravik, it doesn't seem he has their full support in terms of his methods and how he wants to achieve his goals for the Skrull takeover of the Earth. But also, Gravik probably knows this as well and he just might take out the entire Scroll Council before the series is even over with and just have himself as leader of the Scrolls. That they're based on how I know Gravik in the series so far, based on the first three episodes, I definitely do see it as a possibility that Gravik will definitely do that to the Scroll Council before they have a chance to go against him and take action to stop him. But also, I definitely do think that Gravik's own ego and anger will lead to his own downfall. He's powerful, but he's also very much paranoid, and I definitely do believe that Fury and Talos will find a way to take advantage of that by stopping Gravik by using that to stop Gravik later in the series. And also, Fury's Skrull spy network played a strong role in this episode in terms of Fury's history with S.H.I.E.L.D. and how the Skrulls helped Fury to get to where he's at now. Fury does owe a lot to the Skrulls because the Skrull spy network, their services, played a big role for Nick Fury. But also, if the Skrull spy network was really that efficient, why didn't the Skrull spy network stop the Hydra takeover back during the events of Captain America and Winter Soldier? We do remember back in that film, Hydra took over, they took down S.H.I.E.L.D. through secret operations behind the scenes at S.H.I.E.L.D., making me wonder why didn't the Skrull Network spot that and help Nick Fury prevent it from happening? So maybe the Skrull Spy Network really wasn't as efficient as it was, but it did help Nick Fury in a lot of ways. But there's one thing it didn't stop, and that was the Hydra takeover S.H.I.E.L.D. back during the events of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Or maybe, just maybe, the Skrull Spy Network was infiltrated by Hydra, but also Hydra's no longer a player in the MCU, at least for now. Right now the main threat is Gravik and his group of breakaway Skrulls. There's also Sony as well, and I do wonder, what is Sonya working on? Because it seems like she has her own quest going on to stop the scroll invasion that's also similar to Fury's, but also can she be trusted? If I were to say it right now, I definitely lean towards her not being the scroll, and it does seem she's trying to stop the scroll invasion but her own way, but she also doesn't trust Fury, and Fury also doesn't trust her, despite the fact they do remain in contact in this series. I just wonder, what is Sonya up to, and is she a hero or a villain? There is also the death of Gaia, and I do 
wonder, how would the death of Gaia affect Talos and Fury? It's definitely not considered with Talos, and I definitely do believe that'd be the catalyst for a lot of change for the next three episodes, by Talos getting more emotionally involved in this, to stop Gravik and his plan for the secret invasion, and to avenge the death of Gaia. For my next question, that is, is Vara really working with Gravik, and if so, in what way? I definitely do see as a possibility, because Vara's obviously in contact with Gravik, but is she working with Gravik, or is she spying on Gravik? I think she's working with Gravik, because here's why. Gravik knows how to spot a spy in his ranks, just like how he did that with Gaia. So if Vara's working against Gravik, Gravik would have known this a long time ago, and he would have taken care of the problem a long time ago. Or, maybe he knows, and he's just keeping Vara around until he's ready to get rid of her, and he's just using her to get information on Fury, due to the fact that Fury is now back on Earth. But I definitely think that right now, Vera's working with Gravik, that she's an ally to Gravik, and that Fury's in for a major surprise about this when he does find out. Or maybe Fury knows that something is up with Vara, and he's just playing along until he's ready to strike back. The possibilities are endless, because Fury's a smart guy, he definitely knows and someone's against him, so he probably does know that something's up with Vara. But I definitely do believe that right now, Vara is working with Gravik. There's also another hint of the Avengers in this episode, where Gravik does mention the Avengers to the Scroll Council in a very brief way, but I don't expect to see Avengers anytime soon in this series, as I definitely do believe that Fury is going to hold to his promise to not call them and fight this battle on his own. We'll definitely see War Machine, I definitely think that's going to happen, unless he's working with Gravik, and we'll probably see Captain Marvel and the other members of the Marvels as a surprise cameos, probably in the finale. I definitely don't think we'll see Sam, Bucky, and Hawkeye, or the Hulk, or Thor. It definitely sounds good, but it's also a lot to ask for, given the way TV contracts go, and also the budgets for this show. That's why you probably will not see Avenger cameos in this series, with the exception of Captain Marvel and War Machine, due to budget issues in making the show. However though, the Avengers will probably keep getting mentioned throughout the entire series. Speaking of the Avengers, that brings me to the topic of the Super Scrolls, and I do wonder just how will the Super Scrolls be, and how powerful will they be once they appear. It's definitely going to happen. Gravik's made a lot of progress on that program for the Super Scrolls, as he has everything he needs to make a Super Scroll, and several of them, making me wonder how many will we see, and just how powerful will they be, and what abilities will they have. From what I saw in the last episode, and this one, it's going to be like the Scrolls had their own group of Avengers going up against Fury and Talos, which will definitely make for a very challenging matchup for Fury and Talos. For my final thought, that is, we are now halfway through Secret Invasion. We have three episodes left, and I do wonder just how will it end, and also, who can Fury trust outside of Talos? There has been more allies somewhere, but overall the mystery and surprise nature of the series is well done and well played out. I just can't wait to see what happens next in the second half. For now though, that should do it for me in this episode of Brustilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast on your desired podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Also, do check out his podcast over on Instagram at Bruce Hill Podcast over on Instagram. Do stay tuned for future guest interviews, NFL coverage, craft beer content, along with the recaps of Secret Invasion at Disney+. Please do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon whiskey, and the summer months. I'm Heroes Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed, and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>